right, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again on the Let's Get One Thing Straight podcast. My name is Nick. And I'm Wes. And we are coming to you once again comfortably nestled between the cities of Cleveland and Akron. Thank you for joining us today. It has been quite a while since our last podcast, but I want to say early November, if not late October. That's what happens when you're busy and, you know, taking another bar exam shows up. And, well, the other thing is we've had a lot of uh, developments. But before we go any farther, let's get one thing straight. This episode is sponsored by Henry McKenna, single barrel, bottled and bond. So he's referring to the bourbon that we are both um, currently enjoying. I, I do have to mention, just to counter his point there, we are not currently under sponsorship, though we are welcoming offers from any and all bourbon and or scotch. That's um, true. Makers. Scotch would not go bad. <laughs> and you can email us at lgots at gmail.com. So speaking of, uh, we have a new website. We are officially um, a part of the World Wide Web. You can actually visit us at LGOTS. That's L-G-O-T-S dot com. Uh, we have already gone in, put in our past shows, uh, a little bit about ourselves, and then we are also going to start, as we've done with the past shows, updating after every episode kind of the notes from the show. If we reference anything, if we're, if we're fact-checking, uh, we're going to put those in after each episode. So if you do want to see anything further... Uh, want more information on something that we may or may not have talked about, um, we will post that stuff there. And don't feel bad because you can also fill out the comments section and leave a comment. You can rate us, obviously, as well on iTunes. Definitely do that, rate and review. That's how we appreciate you sharing with a friend. So, again, check out the new website. You can see all of our past content. Leave a comment and tell me how I'm wrong. And you know what? He's going to love that because then I'm going to get the phone call angrily from Wes telling me all the reasons that you the listener are incorrect and I'm going to do my best to make sure it doesn't make it into the next episode of Let's Get One Thing Straight. And we all win. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me Wes, how how are things going? It's been uh, it's been a couple months. We've obviously seen each other. We haven't really podcasted, but you've been uh, quite busy. Yeah, was uh, as the listener knows, I've been uh, studying for the State Bar of California. As uh, if you don't already know, Nick and I are licensed to practice law in the great state of Ohio. And uh, I've uh, taken upon myself to do that again for whatever reason. Uh, I took the uh, state bar in California, and that was uh, a couple of weeks ago now. I'm going to stop you right now because looking at you sitting across this table... Do you or do you not have Don't Tread on Me cufflinks on right now? I do have Don't Tread on Me cufflinks. (laughs) I just noticed that. And... I get complimented all the time, so I appreciate that. They're very nice. I yeah. wear cufflinks. I've yeah. got a, I've got a bunch of. Uh, they're the only specialty cufflinks. Now, I do have American flag cufflinks, so I don't consider them to be specialty. Yeah. Cufflinks, but these are the only cufflinks that I think are specialty. I've got one for my alma mater, uh, Heidelberg College, and if you know where that is, thank God. Uh, I've got cufflinks for them, uh, American flag uh, cufflinks, and then uh, don't tread on me. That flag. Uh, cufflinks and then uh, my other styles that go with the different shirts that I wear. So, so you're, you're celebrating what you've told me pre-show was a, in your opinion, um, successful. Yeah, bar exams. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, so the way the bar exam works is everybody always talks about it. It was three days and it was eight hours each day, and it's just all essay writing for two days, and then six hours of multiple choice on the middle day. 
and it's always held in the last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the last week of February, and then the last week of July in every state and Guam and Puerto Rico uh, of the United States, and that's uh, pretty confident. Some states are two-day bar exams, some states are three. Ohio was a three-day exam, two and a half. California was the full three days. So the first day I did essays, second day I had multiple choice, third day I had essays. I think I wrote down enough on the sheet of paper to pass. That was really the key there because when you take the second bar exam, when we took the first bar exam, you just what you because you've just went through law school, it's usually the summer or semester right after you've graduated. You want to put your your whole livelihood depends on you passing this test. So you were literally putting this as much effort as you possibly can. However, on the second bar exam, you just need to do enough to pass because it's a pass fail test. So I did enough, I think to just pass. We'll find out the results in May. And the good news is if I pass, great. If I don't, they still take, I can still take the test again. It's not the end of the world. Because You're still allowed to be a lawyer in Ohio. I am still allowed to be a lawyer. They can't take that away from they, you. They may try, but, they, <laughs> but as Charlton Heston said, they're going to have to pry that law license out of my cold, dead hands. So, so where uh, where in California were you for this for this bar exam? I, so in Ohio, anyway, um, Columbus our state capital is kind of the, the center for, for test takers. And to my knowledge, I think in California, there's multiple locations. Correct. Yeah, because the state of Ohio is, only has 11 million total population, and the state of California has, you know, three and a half times that. Uh, there were five different test sites, and I was in Pasadena. I'd never been to Pasadena before. Home of the world's first disc golf course. Nick is a huge disc course, disc uh, golf course, strike that, disc course aficionado so if you know any good places that you think nick should go drop a line at us on our comments section at lgots.com yeah my big thing when i travel is i i travel a lot for work um i try to hit a brewery in every state i go to and i try to hit a disc golf course and i've hit 26 different states with a brewery um and i want to say i'm about 13 or 14 states with disc golf now so if you have any opinions on some good places to throw especially year-round um, i've thrown a couple times this winter in ohio some of them were good decisions some of them were not but you know what you still you get the itch you gotta throw and it's a wonderful time you so help him out help him out leave drop him a note at our comment section at lgots.com and so uh, at the pasadena convention center was where i was actually taking the test and there was about uh, I'm going to rough estimate that there were 2,000 people sitting for the bar exam in my location, and there were five sites like that throughout the entire state of California. So that's 10,000 people. That's a lot of people that in huge. a couple months' time yeah. is looking for a full-time job. Yeah, huge amount of people, and they do that every six months. I mean, that's, that is a lot of time. And, and again, I, I've studied, I studied for about three months uh, to sit for the bar. Uh, now, you know, every state can test on different things, but uh, torts and torts and contracts and contracts tend to be the same in the entire 50 states. And if you use the term uniform commercial code and somebody knows what you're talking about, buy that person lunch because not everybody does. So uh, with that being said, being out there where it's 65 degrees and sunshine and there's no clouds, I had my shorts on, it was beautiful. Coincidentally, that same week in Northeast Ohio, it was 70 and sunshine. So. And I was playing disc golf. <laughs> and you could play disc golf. Um, so the interesting thing happened to me was that I was sitting 
the Pasadena Convention Center is right next to the Pasadena Theater, where they have their community theater, and it's a very ornate building. And so it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday test. So Tuesday, you know, you're kind of where you hang out, you mill around. And I was looking down the, um, like the city, the town center, and you had the city hall. And it was nice to see the picturesque background of the mountains. And that was nice to see for me. And I'm sitting down in the sunshine before the, I mean, it's eight in the morning and you're waiting to be called in and they open the doors and then 2,000 people get in and... You and know, it's so, the worst. Oh, like, it's just uh, speaking from uh, my own experience, it's a lot of people waiting outside. Multiple types of personalities. You have those that are sitting there that are not saying a word. Um, I feel like I was one of them, where I was just in my own little world, getting ready, preparing mentally. But then there's those that have that whole kind of nervous talking. They're talking too quickly. They're laughing and they're talking to anybody who's willing to listen. Then you have the people that are actually freaking out. Um, that are getting really nervous and they're standing outside the door. And then you get that one small segment, the super competitive, that they're super fighting to be the first ones yeah. in the door, even though everyone gets their test books at the same time. And it's just, it's a weird, it, it's not that eclectic because it does take a certain type of person to be able to get to that point. But it is just a weird group of individuals who all know that what's about to happen over the next couple of hours will one way or the other dramatically change their life indefinitely. Absolutely. And those people were all present. I mean, I saw some people that were talking about, you know, seeing their kids and everything supportive and that kind of stuff. Some of the parents showed up, you know, packed a lunch. Um, that would, I mean, that you, you, you don't ever worry about those kinds of people because they've got a support group. They've got the support of their family. And it doesn't really matter if they pass or fail because, you know, the, the gun's not to their head. Truly, the gun is not to their head. And in Ohio... Me and Wes had totally different experiences. I Way. was alone by myself in this really depressing state for three days in my own hotel room by myself, talking to no one, not wanting to talk to anyone, not knowing how things are going. The soundproof booth. Everything is just me alone contemplating. And it was it was terrible. Like the, the bar exam for me was one of the worst things I've had to go through. Um which might, at the end of the day, mean I've had things pretty well. Don't get me wrong. Um, I recognize that. But um, Wesley here, across the table from me, he got to stay with his parents. I think your mom was making you breakfast oh, it was and great. providing you lunch. <laughs> it was. Like, you want to talk support group. He had the support of his parents yeah, um, as a grown adult, <laughs> making sure that he was able to get to the bar exam. Everything went well. That he got a he got a nutritious, healthy lunch. He'd come home. They'd be surprised. I'm, I'm I'm would would not be surprised if you came home and they had some fresh baked cookies and a little congratulatory beer. It was. Uh, it, I was a I was a man child living back. <laughs> with my, I mean that's that's the right because my parents. I'm from Columbus, so yeah. I so I crashed with my parents for the week and. My, uh, you know, I was entitled to one nice little glass of scotch in the evening with my steak dinner and my baked potato, which I had for two nights in a row. I would get fast food <laughs> and bring it back up to my hotel room alone. Uh, that's, that's the differing experiences here. That's, one of these would put you in a, a mindset that'd be like, you know what? I can conquer the day tomorrow. I had a nice, nice meal. I'm going to do this. The other one is just the, the epitome of what sadness is. Like me going to Wendy's after after the bar exam, grabbing some food and taking it up to my room alone, sitting like on my bed in my boxers. And I'll remember I remember this distinctly, watching soccer on TV for like two hours while I ate, 
you know, trying to decompress and then immediately went back to the index cards and immediately went back to those negative thoughts and the alone, I'm going to fail and I don't still don't know this stuff and all of that. Now, this is all being all, you know, being said, we both passed. We both did it in different ways. Way different ways. Um, but as as you've pointed out before, you know, we have the same license from the Supreme same Court hanging up in our wall. License. Even though you practice on a daily basis and I do not, we have the exact same one. You are entitled to do what I do, and yeah. I am entitled to do what you do, and that's the beauty of it. Yep. And and that's the and that's the perfect because that dichotomy is absolutely I mean what it's about, especially in life. I mean, because you know, if you're sitting there hanging out in your boxers thinking to yourself, Yeah, I chose to do this. <laughs> I signed up for this. Yeah. And then you roll through Wendy's like Oh, this is gonna stink, man. So, but yeah, so yeah, for the Ohio bar it was great because I it literally it was a Norman Rockwell experience. I, it was just like one of those paintings. <laughs> it was uh, I couldn't have been. My mom packed me lunch. She put little uh, notes that says "I love you" in there. Did she, she really she give she you notes? notes? Oh, we were goodness. we were uh, we were sitting in the because uh, at lunchtime you sit in a little cafeteria at least for Ohio, and uh, we were with some classmates that we were. Uh, I was with some classmates that either had not passed it the first time they had taken it or like me they graduated a little bit later than everybody else and they were sitting for the bar for the first time and so we would kind of you know stand around with each other and one of them remarked they're like literally you brought lunch your parents packed you lunch and you have you know your mom said i love you and i go yeah yeah so you actually sat in that little cafeteria area oh yeah because I, I did not i i took my my food and i went into my car and sat. I need. I wanted to be alone. I didn't want to away. talk. Yeah, to like, be away. I I wanted to be as. So I guess I'm I'm saying I deserved what I got maybe by being alone in a hotel room. But I I just it needed to be this thing that I did. Let me do this. I don't want anything else. Like my biggest fear, taking the bar exam was like after we would sit through and be at the multiple choice section or the essay section. What I didn't want to do is sit in that cafeteria and overhear anything. That was going to give me anxiety for the next couple of months. Like, oh, man, did you guys catch this? And then it'd be like, oh, oh great. That, I yeah. didn't. And now my entire life is over. Right. That's That was – and bringing that full circle to California, um, when we were hanging around the first day, that Tuesday, to sit, go in, you know, one of the guys I was overhearing was trying to talk to a girl and pick her up. And first of all – Wait, they were both sitting for the bar exam? They were both sitting for the car, bar exam. And some guy, you know, walks up to some other girl and says, hey, how are you doing? Hey, great A for effort, but I'm guessing the the uh, the lady folk uh, who are about to again eight hours of a gun to a head, probably not in the mood. Yeah. Um, but he was trying to be like all BD and everything else like that. Uh, BD is short for big dick. That's uh, why I don't swear all the time. Um, <laughs> I was just about to ask you. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't. But uh, that's what the BD stands for. So he, he says something. He's like, "Oh yeah, I paid eight thousand dollars for a tutor for this test." In the back of my head, I'm like, eight large. I'm like, you got to be effing nuts, man. That's a lot of money to pass this test. Because I, I took an online bar prep course. It was the same one that I took for Ohio, and it was all online, and it was $1,250. I mean, $1,250. That's still, that's and a mine, lot. And mine was that's half in and half out of classroom, and mine was 20, I want to say 2300 just a lot. It's a lot of money. It's but it was in classroom type deal, and it was you know a nice refresher course and everything. And so you you sit with down with all these types of people, just like Nick had said. You've got your your gunners, and you've got the ditzy girls, and you've got the girls looking for husbands. You got the guys who are just like I didn't want to get a job, you know, all sorts. And 
you get in there and you, we all go through. I mean, it's it, it's really like basic training. I mean, you everybody in the military goes through basic training. That's why it's called basic training. And they the military breaks you down and then builds you up in your um, in you know how to salute and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's what the bar exam does is it's the great leveler because it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how well you perform because it's a pass fail test. Nick and I have a great friend who she's smarter than both of us will ever be. And she was one of those types where she wanted to get the best grade in the class. I think she graduated second uh, in our class and she clerked for a federal district or a federal circuit court judge, which is just one level below the United States Supreme Court. She is dynamite of heads and tails smarter than I'll ever be. And she wanted to get the highest grade on the bar exam. And I'm like, sweetie, your bar license, your law license and my law license, just like Nick's, will all look the same. They no, And nobody has ever asked me what my grades were. So that was it was interesting to see that for the second time, knowing what I knew and going through it again for the second time watching the crowd just kind of people watching yeah. to see them all shuffle out and everything else like that and i mean the next day i almost was on tv it's it's interesting you said like no one and it's true for me too no one has ever asked what my grades were in law school everyone knows i'm an attorney everyone and it because you get that you get that you get past the bar you get that designation and that's all that matters. It's yeah. I mean it's the same thing. That's it. You you go and you need to find a pediatrician for your kid. And in no way, shape, or form are you ever looking at their grades. Are you ever looking at how many times they had to take the boards? You're just you're looking for maybe location, maybe within your insurance, maybe a referral that he's a nice guy or she is a nice guy. And that's that's how things roll, right? It's it's weird how it's all builds up, and that creates that pressure too. It all builds up to this. Doesn't matter. You don't get any more leeway if you did better than me. You know, you don't get any more leeway if I did better. You know, than you. There's no. There's everything. It's a great equalizer when you sit down for that test, and you have to you have to know everything going in because you don't know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. And that and that, the test is and it's the equivalent of a fifty mile wide test. That's probably a foot deep instead of a one mile test, 50 feet deep. I mean, it, you've got to know something about everything. And that's what makes it so difficult is because there's so much in the law. So the second day, uh, go back, like I said, the Pasadena Convention Center was right next to their little uh, the city amphitheater. So I'm out in the sunshine. I'm enjoying the sun hitting my face. I even got a little bit of a tan, which I loved. Um, and I'm just milling around just in my own little world kind of thing by the theater and they had a production company set up and they were blocking the road and everything else like that and it looked like they were going to start filming some stuff and there were cannons in the front of the theater that had not been there on Tuesday. So when you say cannons these were huge um, Civil War era cannons in every sense of the word and I'm thinking to myself those suckers are going off I mean, those suckers are going off because you see all the guys rigging them, like the special effects guys, who I thought were special effects, I guess, because it looked like they were trying to scene out of a movie or a TV show. If they're blowing stuff up, somebody there better be in special effects. I hope so. But again, I'm just a guy from Ohio, so you guys, they could have yeah, sold no, These California people. They could have sold me on anything, I'm sure. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm hanging out uh, just away from the convention center and everything else like that. And there's, um, I'm looking down the little way, looking at the mountains. And, you know, I don't notice the people congregating behind me. 
And one of the guys, uh, turn, I turn around, I see all these people congregating. And they're not, they don't look like the bar-taking type. And I just had shorts and a cardigan on and tennis shoes. So I don't, I don't look like anything special anyway. That should uh, give you everything you need to know about our friend Wes. Shorts, tennis shoes, and a cardigan. And a cardigan. Just, and a cardigan. Just so I, you know I, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here right now, and we both had completely different types of days. I think, um, from a working standpoint, he's he's wearing a dress shirt. He came in with a jacket. He has a sweater vest on. I'm wearing uh, track pants, a zip up hoodie, and a ski hat, and a t-shirt. Yin and yang. <laughs> Absolutely. But that's why it works. I mean, yeah. that's why people listen. So but that's anyway, sorry. So going no, back no. to your big cannons. Yeah, so the cannons are there. And so I turn around, and there's this guy with an earpiece in, and he's starting to direct traffic. And I soon realized that I think these are the extras for whatever they got going on. And they had uh, all the people that I am assuming that were working there had hats on with the production, and it was NCIS, uh, a production of that, which is which, my, my mother's favorite show. Thank you for saying this. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off, oh. but... Every single time you see a commercial for NCIS, America's most watched TV show, you just said your mother. I have never met someone in my entire life, and I know a lot of people, I do a lot of things, who watches that show regularly. And it blows my mind. It blows my mind that that show's been on for years. And, like, you know, you hear about Big Bang and people like those stuff, but, like, NCIS... America's most watched show has been on for over ten years, and I don't know a soul until just now. You told me your mother, my mother. I don't know, did not know a soul who watched that show. How it's still on television is beyond. I mean, obviously, it doesn't. It's not about the eighteen to thirty. You not know, not our age uh, range. not our demographic. Yeah, not our demographic. But yeah, no, my mom is in love with Mark Harmon. I mean, just absolutely in love with Mark Harmon. My dad. Is that the guy who takes his sunglasses off when the Who starts playing? No, that's uh, that's somebody else. Oh. I'm gonna. I drew a blank there, but no. Mark Harmon is the one, the older guy with the, the white hair. Oh, not the redhead. Not the redhead, but the, the older white guy. I think he was there at the beginning. Yeah. So I'm watching uh, NCIS, Criminal Minds. Yeah, there's a bunch of them that, um, blend, that blend together. Yeah, they blend together. And I don't know. I don't have cable. And so, like, my there's a couple channels I get that play, like, the same show the entire day. Like, you wear that as a badge of honor. That's their, I, don't, I don't have cable. I don't. I don't need it. But they they have, like, these programming blocks where it's like, we're going to show one show the entire day. Now, when it's Law & Order SVU, I'm all in. When it's Law & Order Criminal Intent, I'm in. When it's when it's Criminal Minds, when it's NCIS and, um, um, oh, man, there's another one, too. Uh, it really doesn't matter, but I don't know who watches these things, and no one in our demographic does. Fifty-five to seventy-five-year-old women. So now that I've completely gone and said that this show is worthless, let's talk about your experience with this show. Well, not I've ruined your story. Well, it's okay. No, and it was. I mean, to me, because I'm in, you're in bar mode, and that's why we put a little. Um, because you're in the singular mode of that, I got to tackle this problem. I got to yeah. do this. Nothing. I mean, literally, when you take this test, you can't take a cell phone in there. I left the cell phone in the car, in the rental car. You're incommunicado. I mean, if a bomb goes off, I don't care. If somebody dies, I can't deal with that right now. You got to tell me what when I get out on the test on Thursday. You say, listen, okay, what happened? Do what you know. Is anything going on? That's how important this kind of thing is, because you're, you know, like Nick said, you're you're alone. 
in the dark in some crappy hotel eating beans out of a can. Well, I guess I should say this too. I don't need to defend myself. <laughs> With your boxers. I told, I told people not to bother me. Right. Well, I that, mean, I talked to people beforehand and don't get me wrong. As soon as it ended, there were plenty of people who wanted to know how it went. You know, my dad who, before he moved to Florida, had a boat up here. Like he was waiting. As soon as I got done in Columbus, I was driving right up to Sandusky, which is right on Lake Erie here in Ohio on the boat, get on his boat, Drink some beers and just kind of chill. Flush. Like that was the whole plan. Um, so there, that was there. I don't want people to be worried or concerned. Don't, don't, please don't send any emails worrying about my well-being. I'm fine. Things are going well. Uh, but he still has but, that can of beans. Don't it was, you worry. <laughs> it's a collector's <laughs> item. But anywho. But yeah, we were. Uh, so you're in that. You're, but you're in your own little world. And I mean, just like you're about to perform for a big meeting. Or for uh, you know the job interview, or for a promotion. I mean, this is the only thing you got going on, and so you've got a, your mind is almost like a singular focus, and that's what it is. So you know, I'm in my own little world, just spacing out and just enjoying the scenery because yeah. I, you know, Northeast Ohio in the middle of February, we got three feet of snow, and I'm in Pasadena, California, not three feet of snow, hence my shorts. Um, so you know, the guy in the little earpiece comes over with the NCIS hat on, and he looks at me. He's like, hey. You're supposed to be over here. And he goes, you're supposed to have long pants on. And I'm looking around like he was talking to somebody else. And I go, are you talking to me? And he goes, yeah, you're an extra. And I go, N- I think we have a problem here. I go, I'm not an extra. I'm not Extras a- don't wear cardigans. Well, they don't look like me. Let's just be, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest about that. Um, so then this is, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. So everybody's doing their pre-show stuff. And they got to go through the rundowns and all that kind of thing. And I get that. Um, but it, you know, the guy was like, well, don't you want to be on TV? And I looked at him, I said, no, I kind of got something else going on right now. And he looked at me like I had just stabbed him in the heart. And then he goes, what could be more important than being on television? Cause for a lot of people, that's a thrill. That's well, a big, big deal. Totally get that. Yeah. I totally get that. I've not wanted to be on television. I mean, I have been on television, but I've not wanted to be on television. Um, but you, but I looked at him, I said, no, I'm sitting over here at the convention center taking the bar exam. And he just gave me that look of, oh, that, oh, you were right. You weren't, you mean you weren't lying to me, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, so I toddled off and tried to get out of the way as much as I possibly could. Um, because at that point they had opened the doors and everybody was shuffling in. And I mean, it's like going to a, uh, a sporting event. Everybody just shuffles in through the doors, uh, except that everything's got to be in a clear plastic bag. You watch, I mean, it is just a thing. It's like, yeah, that's a good point. It's like taking an exam while going through TSA security. They no are, pre-check. The state of Ohio used to, uh, when you sat for the bar exam, there was only two people that sat at a table, and you'd face each other on opposite sides. But uh, it used to be that they would keep sand buckets of sawdust or sand uh, on the corners of the tables by every single test taker. And, you know, Nick gives me the look like everybody else. Why on earth would you put sand or sawdust? Because as Nick and I know, people become so nervous that become physically ill. And on this test, they don't, if somebody becomes physically ill, they don't just stop the whole test and say, hey, pause for five minutes. No, no, no. You keep going. I mean, you keep going so that you just dump the sawdust or the sand on it. They'll come and clean it up in a couple hours. But you kind of got to put that in your mind and keep clicking on the keyboard. There's so much to this. Like one thing that I remember distinctly is some of the people 
and it's this group when I was talking about the different types these these people who want to do better than everyone else right and you know because also keep in mind you know it is they don't say it to, they don't say it explicitly but it's it's graded on somewhat of a curve right you they, they look at the best scores and they they allocate appropriately that you know there's some there's some mind games from some of these people that I like to call terrible people they um, they are terrible that, people <laughs> that regardless of whether or not they did well um, on the multiple choice, which is its own like section, or uh, these essays, which is its own section, they if they finish ahead of time, they get done, and they start doing laps, and they walk laps in the actual test room, and you know you're you're wondering why can't they just go outside? Why can't they go to the bathroom? Go make a phone call? <clears throat> these people don't want to turn in their test yet because obviously they could sit down and and still answer some questions as they walk away. Um, if they leave the testing room, they'd have a chance of getting their phone, cheating, all that stuff. So these people walk and watch everybody else taking these tests. They're not cheating. They're not looking at what their scores are. But what they're doing is letting other people know that this test was so easy that I'm already done. And so, I have 15, 20 minutes to walk around. And what that does for the weaker – let's say, just say weaker test takers of the group – is that now all of a sorts all of a sudden adds a level of anxiety and these people are like oh god i got to hurry up and you know they don't say it and they're not saying they do this on, intentionally but what they're doing is they're getting other people to kind of not do as well or put them under pressure so that their scores and they did get the they got it done before everybody else and you know what if they got all the answers right good on them but Great. what they're doing is they're taking some people and they're knocking them to the back of that bell curve and that's kind of shady it is shady, and that's part of the law. I mean, is you play mind games, and and I agree. There were people like that that wanted to play mind games, and it was great because I'm just I don't give a what you know what I mean. I'm walking around because I don't care. Oh, you were one of the lap guys. No, I was not a lap. No, I was not walking around oh, as a lap guy. You know who I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Um, we could name names off podcast of people we, that we went to right. school with that I saw do this, but. Oh, coincidentally, oh, I ran it ran into somebody that we went to law, law school with. I had a CLE. Oh, not in California. Not in California. Yeah. But um, remind me, we got to we got to lap around and come sure. back to that. Um, but yeah, we were. Um, and it was he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys where my first year, I well, I made that statement in front of that class because of that, this kid. Um, so anyway, so at the uh, morning of third Wednesday there for the MBE, which is the multiple choice. Um, I was damn near on NCIS, and so at lunchtime, I take multiple choice questions tests uh, quickly. And in California, if you got done early, you you know you could go through your test, and then you could leave and go to lunch, and that way you didn't have to do the laps, you didn't have to psych them out. Yeah. The old basketball movie where you're like psych out. Oh yeah, that's, deep pull, yeah. deep pull, baby. Um, so yeah, you that I mean because they in. I get what's going on. I don't want to psych anybody out, and I'm yeah. My business is my business. Your business is yours. I'm not trying to mess anybody up. Um, so I got done uh, probably two and a half hours of the three that you're allotted for the uh, morning. So I went outside and um, you know called the pizza shop. There's a BJ's Brew Pub that makes a nice deep dish pizza, which is great. But again, these are time tests, and you only have an hour for lunch, and it's you've got to eat and be ready to go back and use the restroom and everything like that in an hour. So, you know, calling ahead and having everything ready is really nice. So I got to go outside and watch, you know, the, the production go on. And I saw the couple of movie stars, or I shouldn't say movie, 
but it was the young girl and the young guy. Um, good, I'm sure. Very this, descriptive. Well, for the NCIS, um, the younger characters, they were there and they were on their phones just like everybody else was after they were done taping and doing their takes and everything else like that. So I, I called my mom at, during that and I said, Mom, you know, I damn near was on NCIS and she, you know, she just goes nuts. And she's like, is Mark Harmon there? And I go, no. Mark Harmon was not. He's like the the older guy. She is their biggest she, and only so, fan. I, you know, so I took a couple of pictures on the cell phone and sent it to her and whatnot, and she got a big kick out of that. But uh, you know, it was one of those uh, things that you, I'm in town for literally a week. I mean, just a couple of days, and this is what happens. Um, but it was just that kind of attitude, and just kind of milling around, using my own business and everything else like that. Uh, Thursday went back. Did what I had to do with the essays. Um, the girl next to me on my left, this was her second time taking the bar. Excuse me, the third time she was sitting for the California bar. The girl to my right, this was her second time. And they were nice girls. Uh, but they, they because I was talking about it, I said. And ladies and gentlemen. It's a hard test. If you're taking the test again, it means you failed it the first time. It, they yeah. are not allowed to practice law, even though they spent the $100,000 to go to school and the three years of their time that they can't get back, they fully devoted to this. They have to sit for this again. And that can become, on its own, emotionally devastating. It is, right. Emotionally, mentally, physically. I mean, your family, because they're counting on you. I mean, they're putting their hopes and prayers on some of these kids. And so, you know, I, I, you've got those downtime where you can talk to the person next to you and everything else like that. So, you know, I tried to start up a conversation with... Uh, girl to my right and you know i said so what's the uh i said if you might ask i mean how'd you do the first couple of times i mean she goes well you know i had a couple of life events and you know that kind of stuff uh you know a divorce a marriage a kid you know stuff that where you can't really study for a test i mean just life gets in the way and then she goes you know i like going to the beach and i and i was like oh yeah she goes yeah and it's you know 330 degree 330 days of the year it's sunshine here i go oh yeah we're in California. I mean, at that moment in my life, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in California. Because in the winter times in Ohio, we get sunshine a week out of the three months. It's winter at best. It's snowy. It's cold. So all you need to do is be inside. And if you got nothing to do, yeah, I'm going to study for this test. But if I have other things to do where I can go hang out at the beach go through disc golf anytime I want and I got nothing to worry about. Steady Ed's course. (laughs) I mean, some of you will know what that means. You know, I could see how I could get distracted pretty quick. I mean, that's something that I can see happening. So let me ask you this. Um, Obviously test over. Um, We've discussed a little, you've said a little bit that, that you think it's gone fairly well. Tell us why you took this test. Why you live in Ohio. You've got your roots here. Your family's here. Why why did you decide to take the California bar? Cuz I, I cuz let me let me just a little bit of background sure. here. I have no interest in ever going through that again. I did it. It's done. I passed. I'm an attorney as long as I stay in the state. <laughs> and I'm and I'm happy with that. I'm good with that. And as we've talked about in previous podcasts, that's not my full-time career, right? Um, but why was California kind of alluring to you? Just just for people that might be might be kind of curious. Let's get one thing straight. Uh, cufflinks aren't free. I mean, that's really the big thing. I it, swear to God, if you say that you took the California bar because you got these don't tread on me cufflinks on and you were all like, you know what? Why not? It doesn't make sense to wear these if I'm not going to represent the state of California. Or if it's that you're like really into community property. 
like you have just a really big devotion to some of these weird California laws. Maybe, but but why? Really, the biggest thing is that the cost of living in Ohio is super cheap. It is, and really, it's to avail myself of tr more trial work in a very large state that actually you can collect money in. I mean, I practice law, as as, as our listeners know. Nick is a, an attorney, and I am a practicing attorney. And the difference is that I use my law license generally every day. I'm in a courtroom. I'm talking to a judge. I'm talking to a prosecutor. Um, or I've got a civil matter or something else like that. I am in an, a court of law every day using the rules and everything that we've learned. Um, and that's kind of a universal trait that can be other ways. Northeast Ohio is great with as far as the cost of living is concerned. Uh, you know, a four bedroom, two full, two half bath house, you're only gonna be set back $200,000. Out in the state of California, that could be $2 million. Um, and so Wednesday, I was at lunch, I was walking in the courthouse in Pasadena, the Superior Court, and there was a guy that I saw, and he, you know, wasn't wearing the greatest suit in the world, wasn't, um, wasn't tailored, you know, shoes looked like he had walked, you know, pound the pavement, that kind of stuff. And he's on the phone, and because, you know, I'm just kind of detoxing and listening to the courthouse just to see how, just to make sure that a courthouse in California is much like the same a courthouse in Ohio, because I'm in them all the time. You know, he's on his phone. He's like, listen, the the retainer fee is $35,000. You can try to find somebody cheaper, but you're not going to do it. That's the minimum fee. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a ton of money. And arguably speaking, California has a huge cost of living. The nice thing with the cost of living, it only costs you money if you live there. I don't live there. CLE to LAX, 400 bucks round trip. You can get an Airbnb for a thousand bucks for the week at a nice place, and then you can buy food at a grocery store, you know, and get a cheap rental car for four hundred bucks. Because you, I mean, or you could even better, you can Uber back and forth to court. I mean, you don't even need a car. So for a minimal investment of probably two large a week, once a month, and let's call it an even four thousand dollars for taking the bar exam. Let's just throw all that in four. Let's call it five. So. Five large in and 2000 a month because I plan on going uh, you know, once a month for a week. The minimum fee out there is 5000 just to show up at a CPO hearing, which is a, um, a civil protection order. It's just like a stocking order, which takes about 35 minutes at best. At best, 35 minutes. And nobody can, and you can't find anybody for less than $5,000. I don't need to find a lot of clients out there to make it A, worthwhile and while and be to practice law. And and that's what's gonna, I think, that's the real thing is I love trying cases. Trials are a lot of work, a lot of pressure, um, trying to convince a jury. I mean, being in the nitty gritty. But it's a, to me, it's a lot of fun. And the thing with Ohio is that while it's nice, I mean, we do have crime here, just like everybody else, um, there are more opportunities for that kind of work, civil and criminal, in the state of California. So uh, it's just the, just the sheer numbers. Now, God forbid my children want to go to Stanford or uh, USC. I can, I can always establish residency. God forbid I, you know, if I need it. Sure. So. That's, that's actually a great point too. Well, <laughs> let me ask you this. Would you ever see a circumstance where you want to take another state's bar exam? At this point? No, because the only other states that I could possibly want to be licensed in would be Florida, um, and in Florida or Texas, 
Texas has some reciprocity with Ohio after a period of time, and I'm at that period of time. So if I needed to go to Texas, I could. Um, Florida. Explain reciprocity. Well, right. so, so, so some of yeah, our listeners don't yeah. know. So reciprocity is where, like, I'm a, Nick and I are lawyers in Ohio, and after, um, usually we live close to Pennsylvania. Northeast Ohio is close to Pennsylvania. So it, let's we say, are closer. Just for the record, we're closer to some big cities like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Uh, in Pennsylvania, we're closer to there from where we're sitting right now than we would be to a Columbus, to the state capital of our own state. Right. So. So reciprocity is like I could be a lawyer into Pennsylvania. Um, I would just have to meet the Pennsylvania uh, requirements and I would waive it. The term is waiving in. So they, the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania recognizes that I'm an attorney here in Ohio and that I've complied with their rules and that I can use reciprocity, i.e. waive in and practice law in Pennsylvania. Now, I can do that on a regular basis. I can do that on an ongoing basis. It just depends on what kind of case it is and what the fees are. Because it, the other thing is that each state gets to, you know, charge their own fee. Um, so really the big states that I would want to practice in, uh, i.e. New York, I can already wave in and use reciprocity to get into New York. And uh, really California, New York, and Ohio, uh, a lot of stuff yeah. you can do. I mean, New York, everybody wants to go because of Wall Street and contracts. A lot of money there, too. It's interesting because there's so um, for those of you who aren't aware, like New York is historically known as a very difficult bar exam. It's it's not all states are created equal, though, though you might think that you might think that there'd be kind of a standard set. Uh, it's not the case. And um, to our credit, Ohio is not an easy one. Ohio is not an easy uh, one. As well. But New York is, is definitely one of the top, top difficult ones. And we know people that decided to go take the New York bar rather than take the Ohio um, wait and then get that reciprocity. So there's, I mean, there's definitely, it was, it was a deal where they wanted to jump ahead and get right into it. And to their credit, that's, that's fantastic. But there are, there are other outlets because that is one thing that, that people do ask me about is, you know, if you are to travel, if you're to take a job somewhere else, what happens to that law degree? And it's like, well, it depends. It depends on a lot of factors. One of them, you know, who, where is the state? Where is the state? Is there that reciprocity? Are you practicing that you can get that reciprocity? Or like in Wes's case here, do you have to take the bar exam all over again? Which, as I said earlier, I would never, ever, 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 ever feel the need to ever do it so many evers <laughs> i mean well and at this point as as we said earlier too you know i don't practice regularly like west does and for me to to kick some of that up we were talking you know in more detail before this podcast about you know there's certain pieces of that exam that he took that because he's been practicing you know they're cakewalks and for me that's a lot of studying to get up to that point because that's not my day to day but right and and that's and that again, it all depends on why you went to law school because there's a lot of lawyers who don't practice law. They want to do transactional work or they want to do business work, and that is way okay. I mean, that's certainly fine with that. It just depends on. I sure why. hope you're okay with that. Uh, well, obviously, I mean, I know why I went to law school and why I wanted to become a lawyer is because I wanted to be in the courtroom. Yep. Um, not everybody does that. Um, may, I thought I did. I thought I did till my first summer, and that's okay. We did. I had that that internship, Summit County Prosecutor's Office. And guess what? I'm out. I'm out. And, and, you know, for me personally, I was also getting my MBA at the same time. It was always a business decision for me. But, you know, each person's different. And, again, 
it's crazy to say, but you know, I am I work for a company and I have something up in my office that looks exactly like something that's up in Wes's office and it means the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Because we had to go through the exact same ordeal to get to that point. But Yeah, and that's and that's the beauty of it. I mean, that's the idea. So what that's the unique part of it. And that's really the end game here is to be able to I like the ability of trying a case in the state of Ohio, hopping in a plane, going to L.A. or San Fran, and trying a case there and being able to do that. I mean, I think um, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it's it'll be enjoyable. And you know, obviously, I'm going to make a couple of dollars doing that. Um, but that's that's really the end goal. I mean, because that's why I like to try cases. And really, the way the way to reciprocity works is any place, any state that's really nice and has a lot of people. They have no reciprocity yeah. because they want you to sit for the bar. California has no reciprocity with anybody. Florida has no reciprocity with anybody, and they make you sit for the test. Um, when I was walking around the courthouse uh, the week before I left, because I still had, I, mean, I got a jury, I have two jury trials this month, and and so I've got to prepare for that kind of work and everything else like that. So when you, like Nick said, when I'm going through the rules of evidence or I'm asking you an evidence question or something like that, I'm going to know that question almost inside and out because I do trial work, whereas Nick may have to look that up because yeah. he's never had to use it before. It's not that he doesn't know. It's just what do you use on a daily basis? And that's you know really what they train for right. when you go to go to school too. And so it's to that, to that point, Wes can pull that out with no issue, but I went to law school so that I would know how to get the answer. Not that I know it. And that's, that's a big piece of this too for people who are kind of – concerned about the credibility maybe or even about the experience of some of these attorneys that's a huge part of what law school is well and and that's the idea who do you want to be and how do you want to be and what do you want your new normal to be i mean that's the, i'm in a place now in my life where i get to pick what my normal is going to be and what is my normal going to look like i mean that's that's really what i'm doing is trying to better you and, and, and this is a like a life lesson not just a law school lesson but you have the ability to pick what your normal wants to be and Nobody's preventing you other than you. I mean, it was a lot. I mean, I have identical twin daughters that are three. It is a lot of work to raise those girls. Nick knows them. And it... It's a lot easier to godfather them <laughs> than to father them, by the way. it's. I highly recommend you go in with a godfather role before you, you check out the whole Try before role. you buy, too. Yeah. I mean, try is... before you buy. So... <laughs> Uh, that's always the best thing, but no, I mean it's a lot of hard work, and everybody complains. I mean, because I, 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 because I do a lot of criminal defense work, you get well, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. I mean, you were born on third base, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, I, you got to work. You've got to work at it, and I'm not preventing you from doing that work. And it was a lot of hard work, and that's the idea. As long as you're working towards that goal every single day, I mean, it's day in, day out. And you're not punching a clock, but it's what you do on Saturday. It's what you do in the evenings. And you just keep moving forward. And if you can do that, I think it's very difficult to fail. I really do. It's we said this at the beginning with, with law school in general and then the bar exam. It for all its flaws, and and you ask people who fail it multiple times, they will tell you there are flaws and there's reasons why they fail. But the bar exam and being able to practice law in this country there's a great equalizer. Everybody has to go in and do the exact same thing. And that's not the case with most careers. Most careers, if you want to be an engineer, 
You go to school for engineering, you get a job for engineering. Now, guess what? Boom, Each school right. is different. That's it. Each school has different requirements. You can go and you can get that engineering degree at a school that may not work you as hard as another one, but at the end of the day, you get to be an engineer. Um, it doesn't matter in Ohio. There's not a ton of, of law schools in the state of Ohio, actually. Ten. There's, there's ten, 10 law schools, and they all work you differently. Exactly. You know, we both went to Akron, but that experience at Akron is way different than that experience at OSU, which is different than that experience at Ohio Northern. Or which Dayton. Is, or Dayton. Each one of them, some of them are way more difficult than others. But at the end of the day, I'm sitting down for the Ohio bar exam with somebody who went to maybe an Ohio law school. Maybe, like my in my experience, I sat across from a girl uh, who was from Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. And she went to the University of Louisville and she was taking the bar exam in Ohio and then she was going to take it in Kentucky. No reciprocity there. So she was kind of kind of in some trouble. She didn't like that. But uh, but no, and it's it's guess what? We're taking the exact same test. We're being graded on the exact same scale by the same graders. So at the end of the day, great equalizer, you know, we both have to go in and, and knock this out. And that's why, you know, going to law school, that's going to help prep you for a bar exam is sometimes more important than going to one that might be more prestigious. Well, and part of that too is life. It's a life goal too, because the courtroom is a great equalizer. Uh, when you go to a courtroom, the only person that gets to sit at a higher level is the judge. That's it. I mean, you can be a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. You can have be a huge multinational corporation, but you are on the equal and level with whoever's sitting across from you. And that's, and that's kind of what the court and that's what the law kind of you try to get into. But yeah, I mean, you're that ability to recognize that. And California was difficult because California has its own attorney's test. Like I could have taken the attorney's test. Uh, and one of the girls asked me, I think the girl on my left was like, well, how come you're not taking the attorney's test? And I said, because the general bar exam is easier for an attorney than the attorney's test. Explain the attorney's exam. test. So in the state of California, you, the, the attorney's test is only two days instead of three. You just take the essays, okay? But with the attorney's tests, two things. One, it costs more money than the general bar exam. Because of course it does. Because of course it does. And it's three and it's two days instead of three days. And the day that you miss is Wednesday. So it's not like you cut two days short and get to leave. You just miss the middle day. Which for people like and I think me and Wes are on the same page here. Um, those multiple choice that I'm really good at that too. Being the MBA program where everything's a multiple choice exam, like pad your stats you know right. if you have the ability right. pad your stats right you don't have to be an a student here i mean yeah. yeah so and then uh but however the way that they grade here's the, the reason i took the general bar exam was when they grade your exam the attorney's exam is graded against the attorneys the general bar is graded against the general bar so as an attorney i can score more points by taking the general bar because i'm gonna I, i'm all more than likely, I am going to identify more issues than a student right out of law school as a practicing attorney. Um, that being said, if you compare my answer to a practicing attorney, we might, we might have the same issues on the test. So that way I'm not separating myself out. And so that's going again with the fact that we have this bell curve. And it's curved. That, and that that's, you're, yeah. you're working against these people who, as we said before, you had, you had a question specifically that you've had you've had experience with um you have a better rate taking that against people who've never had to deal with that issue 
versus probably that same question against a bunch of attorneys and all of you have had that issue there's a better chance of you getting a higher score. Absolutely, yeah. The question Nick is talking about is there I had an evidence essay about the hearsay rule, which is nebulous at best in he the law. Says, he said, she said. <laughs> and so rare, rarely does anybody in practice of law understand hearsay. Second of all, if you understand it, you know how to abuse it, and that's really where you need to know it. And third, if you find a court or a judge that can understand it, that you're really, really, really important there. So, but yeah, I had a great, I think I had a positive experience. I enjoyed my time out there. It worked out well. Um, drop us a note, Elgots pod, Elgots podcast podcast at gmail.com um, or leave us a comment on Elgots.com. See, where have you been in California? If you've been, where are good places? Because I had to rely on Yelp and a couple other people. Um, for places to eat. And You're a Yelp guy? I'm a TripAdvisor uh, guy. TripAdvisor seems to really work out well. I do a combination of the two. Okay. Combination of the two, like I'll cross-reference. I mean, that's where the legal comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cross-reference both of them. But uh, it's, I mean, steak, re- you know, steak restaurants and uh, cigar shops where I tend to look up. Trying, on, to, trying to mimic home in Pasadena. That's right. I mean, where I, your mom would greet you with a cigar <laughs> and a steak. So, so we've been talking about law school for the majority of this way podcast. Too way too much. And and for those of you who aren't interested, I apologize. Those of you who are, um, drop us a line as well. Um, you know, between the two of us, we've taken three bar exams now. If you do have questions, comment. Yes, let us know. Yeah, seriously, we are we're happy to address them. Um, Want to go to law school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, let's. Let's let's shift gears here before before we close out because um, when we do close out, I do want to mention kind of some of the some of the ways that we do want to reiterate this podcast. But before we do that, last time we spoke on podcast, um, we did not have a new president. Correct. We both sat down. We talked about the upcoming election. We talked about. The primaries that had occurred. We did have a we did have a podcast about Trump being president, not he, winning. He was, he was oh yes we did we did it was we're on nine. We are on nine. Yeah, eight was right after the election, uh, and then yeah, this is the one where we're now sorting through his first hundred days. No, what? No, our ah. eighth podcast was in October, October third, really? twenty seventeen. I thought we did a podcast. We have not. Oh. the last podcast we did. The last podcast we did, um, we both made uh, assumptions. We both said, I, I asked you specifically, oh, yeah. we I said, made, yeah. who's going to win? You yeah. said Hillary. Yeah. I said Hillary. We're and both wrong. The creamed. Here's the thing. Everybody was wrong. Everybody. So um, for you personally, you know, how big of a surprise was it? And and what are what are your thoughts about it? Because I know you know personally they've spent you know now months um, talking about this, deciphering it, and um, the big the big takeaway has been that you know the media has focused so much of its attention on these big metropolitan cities that they didn't look at the rest of the country. And when you look at just the color map, red versus blue. Even though the population is not as high, it's all red. And, you know, this this was a big thing when when George W. Bush um, won the presidency and they were like, you lost the popular vote as as President Trump did. 
and they were like, you know, what do you have to say about, you know, losing the popular vote? And he, he said straight up, he goes, if this contest was about the popular vote, I would have spent a hell of a lot more time in Texas. Right. But he was from Texas. He knew he had that state. He got out. He knew he had enough to win the state based on the Electoral College that he didn't bother with the fact that there was a ton of popular vote he lost there. Correct. And that's, and that's huge. It is huge. And Not is to say huge. the huge thing to, you know. Well – play the trump card huge huge. so now you can say the huge you can use trump card and it has a whole new connotation now the world has changed how do you feel about it (laughs) what i like it first of all i like it um because in the last two months you know two three months the entire country has woken up and we have what could only be called as the best constitutional law introductory course you could possibly imagine because everyone's like well, how could this happen? How does this work? And everything else like that. People now, I mean, are picking up the Constitution of the United States and they're actually reading it. And understanding the Electoral College is like, huge. It started there. They go, we need to stop saying huge. You. Well, it's huge. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but no, as, as soon as it first happened, you know, as we've talked about on previous podcasts, you know, I'm the Twitter guy. I don't follow. I don't do anything else. I am so off the grid. I don't have cable. I don't have the internet in my house, people. I don't have Facebook. Um, but That's Twitter, right. Leave Twitter a comment my, section. <laughs> Twitter is my one outlet. And um, it has gotten to the point where I almost might shut this thing off. It's it's because I follow a lot of comedians, a lot of celebrities, uh, and they're very, very left-leaning. Left and left. you can only take so much of this, first off, disappointment, but then second off, everybody now feels that they know the Constitution. Everybody now has a problem with the way that the, the voting process works. Everybody's saying that the election... You know, there's issues with it because less than half of the population that's eligible to vote is actually voting. A lot of that's coming through, and it's it's great. I mean, it's absolutely great because I I look on Twitter too, and I get what you're saying, Nick. I mean, let's get one thing straight here. This is the way that America works. I mean, you read the document, and you read the document, you're like, I didn't sign up for this, and you're like, well, that's the way this works. And so you've got all these clauses, like the annulments clause, which has never been litigated to the United States Supreme Court, just so you know, has never been litigated to the United States Supreme Court. And then you get to these issues where we can you do this, can you do that? You read the Constitution of the United States. First of all, it's not that big. It is not that long of a read. Now, sure, there's some language in it that uh, is Well, and then you have to you but... have to read the Supreme Court rulings upon the Constitution right. to understand what it actually is. Because people forget, oh, in this country, we were separate but equal. I mean, a huge amount of time. Stop saying huge. A lot of the time. <laughs> and, this is, and this is why we have to have bourbon for these things. Um, but, you, you've, I mean, we have a lot of period of time where the court, the highest court in our land said, yeah, you were separate but equal. And they're interpreting the Constitution and now everybody is playing uh, Monday morning Supreme Court justice, and they're trying to interpret the Constitution of the United States, which is, first of all, is great because everybody, I, I was truly believe that the more people are involved, the more they'll take, they'll, they'll realize what needs to be happening, and they'll realize how far we've come, and they'll be like, wait a minute, I don't like it, and then they'll advocate for a change, or they'll advocate more for a change. I mean, that's how you really, truly advocate, is by understanding what went on, how it's been interpreted, and really why we are where we are. And and that's h- important. 
important. You almost said huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> and that's important uh, because everybody in this country, well, that's not what the law says. I mean, I um, had the, the ability that I was a guest speaker at a local high school in Akron um, with another attorney, and we were talking about constitutional rights and everything else like that. And I carry a copy of the Constitution in my briefcase. Uh, I take it with me to court. Um, some of the judges know that because they'll be like, well, that's not in the Constitution. I literally will be like, judge, just hold on a second. I will go over, I will get my copy of the Constitution, and I will read what I'm talking about out of it. And then everybody in the room is like, yeah, that, I'm that guy. I, I am that guy. But the kid, I mean, and this is this is high school age kids, so they're 16, 17, 18. You know, it's a junior level class. And the kid asks some question about, well, because this is, um, you know, well, Obama did this and it was against the Constitution. There's no constitutional right for this. I've got a constitutional right to do this, that, and the other thing. And I looked at him. I said, you ever read the Constitution? And he goes, no. I go, well, you probably should. And I threw him my copy of the Constitution. I said, find whatever you're saying in this document, and then I'll believe you. But it's not in that document. And really where we're arguing, and that's where, and that's where the, the governance of America comes and why that's what makes America great, is that we fight about how we interpret a document that's 250 years old, first of all, and it is always ever-changing with our populace. I mean, gay mar- just taking gay marriage as an example, in the 25 years of, I mean, 70, so maybe 40 years, in a 40-year period of time, we have gone from a, a period of time where sodomy was illegal and criminalized, okay? And the United States Supreme Court said you can't do that um, because whatever happens in a bedroom between two consenting adults is none of the government's business. But it took the United States Supreme Court to say that. So in 40 years, we went from sodomy, which was only exclusively used against homosexual men uh, in the 70s, was a criminal act to now in 2017 where gay marriage is legal. So the laws reflect our society and and it changes. And that's the part of it that everybody's wondering, well, how do we change this? And that's why everybody's arguing who should be on the Supreme Court? What do they mean? How does this work? And that interest level, and I like, I mean, I get the comedians on Twitter, super left-leaning, all that stuff, and they want to advocate for a certain point of view. I'm just glad that they're, involved and they're learning about the process because they're learning these words because nobody uses the uh, a moments clause unless you've actually read the document sure i mean there's certain key words that unless you've actually read the constitution you ain't you aren't ever going to use but when you use them triggers a memory and you're like yeah i remember reading something like that because again free speech i mean that's a real popular misconception well i've got the constitutional right for free speech i said uh read the document it says congress shall make no law that abridges. And I mean, so everybody talks about interpretation versus the document. And I like that. So I like the renewed interest of, well, the president can't do this, especially with the immigration. But do we, do we, you know, so we do want people to be more informed. Absolutely. But absolutely. at, At the fact that it's in spite of aggression and negativity towards the current United States government. That's that's where it becomes that's where it becomes a problem for me. Treasonous is yes, and that's where again with the people on Twitter, I mean when when you're going so far as to mocking the president, which is okay legally, correct. 
But <laughs> but when you have that sort of you know responsibility on a general populace that listens to every word that you're saying, is it good for the country? Is it good for the progression of our country if over half, let's say just based on popular vote and based on popular opinion, um, don't did, would not have voted for this this president? Is it good for the country if we have that many people who are willing to take extra steps to mock the person that's supposed to be leading this country? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that one of the, you know, going back to my cufflinks, don't tread on me. I mean, you, we as a society hate our government. We set this, we set this country up twice. We didn't like our Continental Congress the first time. And we, re, I mean, not a lot. I mean, you don't learn that anymore in eighth grade or your social studies. But we set this country up twice because yeah. we, we really didn't like the first time. Now, granted, it wasn't a big period of time, but we really didn't like it. The second time, we have a strong federal government. Now, the the point of the federal government, though, is to do what we need to do as far as national defense and the big stuff. The states are allowed to kind of left their own de, left to their own devices. Um, but initially. To going back to the Revolutionary War, I mean, we hate we hate government. I mean, when the government of the United States passed, I believe it was the Sixteenth Amendment, which authorized the income tax. Sixteenth or Seventeenth Amendment, I can't remember I, off the top of my head. But the amendment that actually gave the uh, the authority to initiate the income tax, and everybody knows about that, people began hiding cash. And hiding money away from the government because they don't trust the government. And that's the way that our government was founded was that we have this thing called the government. They're going to tell us what to do. But by design, we are not supposed to like them. And we're supposed to have this pre-set up adversarial process. And out of that adversarial process, we have a crucible. And we fight with each other because it's, our citizenship is very, very hard. And out of that fight, uh, a compromise occurs. And that's really what, now we don't have that. I, I agree that we fight too much and we don't compromise enough. But if Nick and I were to take opposite positions, uh, he's super left and I'm super right or vice versa, eventually we have to compromise to get something done. Eventually, if we're elected, we have to compromise and say, listen, I can give you here and I can give you there. And you're like, okay. And then we, we, that's, that's how you govern. I mean, that's truly how you govern is that compromise. Um, now, when you question authority and question uh, the president, that's okay. That's what you should be doing. The press should be doing that. Um, then they should. Then they have a right to do so, and that's that's what should happen. Um, what I don't like. What I don't like is the nation of fear. The nation of give me this authority because I'm. A, you should be afraid of what happens if we don't. Um, we. I've said this a lot of times. America is A, is hard citizenship, but B, we're great people. Everybody thinks we're a paper tiger. Russia thinks we're a paper tiger. Um, uh, China thinks we're a paper tiger. And we just, as Americans, go through our day-to-day -day lives, la-ti-da. La-ti-da, we're doing our thing, we're having a good time. We can buy 18,000 different things at a grocery store and literally have anything shipped to our house in two days. No, not every country can say you can have almost everything shipped to your country in two days. Now, that changed in uh, September 11, 2001, when we had an attack. And at that moment, we responded as Americans did. 
we united ourselves and we said, okay, you get the first shot because that's what America has always been. You can take your first shot at us for free. You Give us your best shot. The problem is that we get to respond. And when we respond collectively, game over. Absolutely game over. Um, but as far as questioning the president, I like that everybody's questioning the president. What I like them to question him more on would be the interpretation of the Constitution. I don't... If you're going to spout something off as a uh, celebrity with 8 million Twitter followers or everything else like that, if you want to spout your politics, that's certainly fine. You want to impress me. You want to back it up with a little bit of interpretation of the Constitution. And you want to say Article 3, Section 2, throw that in there. And then you want to have an interpretational debate. Great. Absolutely great. If you just want to say, as Kim Kardashian, well, I just don't like this fact. Uh, well, where things get weird is it's not for them, for these people that I follow because they're funny. Right. Um, they don't like President Trump as a person. Okay. And that's that's where this – that's where – yes, I agree with you. If you can go and, and start having some debates about the Constitution. Let's do it. You're, you're, you know what? You're going to have people that start responding to you and you can have those debates. And some of them are. And that's fantastic. The problem is that they don't have a problem with Trump constitutionally and what he's allowed to do. They're, A, afraid of what he's allowed to do because it's constitutionally acceptable. Permitted. But, but, but then, B, their problem is with him as a person, his belief set, and his actions over the past 20 years. And that's where things get a little fishy is they, they don't respect him as a person. So it doesn't even come down to brass tacks. Here is what the law is, and he's allowed to do this, so shut up. It's, we don't like you because you said this to that dude in a van about women family right. show. Right. Um, and, and so that's what they're trying to attack. And that's, that's the, bigger, the bigger point is, you know, does that say something for us as a country if you're coming at somebody who is your president, your, your you know, executive, your commander in chief, that you have zero respect and that that could be more than the majority of the population does not respect your executive leader? Is that a problematic fact when talking about international relations? Well, for international relations, maybe, but we always have an election. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I'm some other country and I don't want to have to worry about Trump, I can say, well, I just wait till he's either not not reelected. And you can do that. You can kind of wait out the clock because not everybody realizes that on a four year term, as it stands now, on a four year presidential term, you only get 18 months of actual governance. OK, nine months on the first two years and nine months on the second two years because every two years we have a congressional election for the House of Representatives. And much what happened in the Bill Clinton era is that the Democrats took over and then the Republicans won a majority in the midterms. That's why they're called the midterms, midterm of the president. Pre Obama had the same thing. He had yeah. the Democrats, they passed the Affordable Care Act. In the midterm election, the Democrats got crushed and then the Republicans had a majority. I mean, that's how this country works. So really, truly and honestly, the president only has nine months of actual governance. And then if you don't like that governance, you get to vote for your House of Representatives because they're up for election. 
and hammer them, and you vote for the change. And that change in this instance would be a Republican to a Democrat. Yeah. And then if the House changes hands, the House is in charge of the money. I mean, that's how this country works. And and I, I let, it's okay to hate somebody as a person. I mean, that's okay, but it's kind of superficial in my mind. Uh, but really, truly, and honestly, and I've had this in my life, I have friends that I am diametrically opposed to on the political spectrum and the um, ideological spectrum, and that's okay because we can have these conversations about the ideology without hating each other as an individual. And sure. that's and that's what we need to get back to. I mean, you need to be able to get back to say, listen, you know, I like Nick, but because he's uh, he, throw, he plays disc golf, I can't ever talk to him again. I mean, that seems very superficial to me, very superficial to me. So, I mean, so I don't pay attention to anybody that, okay, he didn't wear the right color tie and that's why I hate him. All right, I'm not going to assign a lot of weight to that opinion. Now, you say, listen, I don't like the fact that he's allowed to issue these executive orders, and I want my congressman to pass a law saying that he can't do these executive orders anymore. Great. Well, let's have a conversation about that because then we're getting more into the nitty-gritty. I mean, and let's get one thing straight. You get into the nitty-gritty, then we're going to have some compromise, and then we're going to have some actual conversation. And that's not what's happening. That's not what happened. At, at in any level, whether it be the, the news agencies, the media – it's it's gotten to a point now where it's asking about people that he's talked to personally and and you know thoughts that he's had and things that he said you know <laughs> he's X had this thought yeah, which you know it's it's what's funny is Trump is the first president that we have been able to have this this ability to see into like what their past life was and it was because he's had this celebrity status and future presidents aren't always going to have a celebrity status, but you know what they are going to have is an internet history. And this is starting this is this internet a history. bigger issue because then you're going to hire somebody um, as your commander-in-chief. You're going to vote him in, and he's going to have all the qualifications and be on the same ideological level as you. The majority agrees that he should be in office, and then they're going to find this guy or girl's Facebook when they were in high school and Forever they had ago. a bad yeah. breakup and they said some things and that's never going to go away and things are going to get worse. And we've talked about that on past podcasts too about how some of that paper trail when I when I put on my tinfoil hat for five minutes can can really lead to some, some problems. Let me ask you this real quick. Um, so you have an economics degree. I do. You do. Um, I do want to mention this because there has been a lot of negativity about Trump. One thing there has not been a lot of negativity for has been the stock market. So the Dow, the Nasdaq, they're hitting highs, all-time highs. Yeah, 21,000. Huge? Huge. Really? I had to. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're hitting massive, massive highs and upticks. And so it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where people don't want to say, you know, one plus one, but – you know what does that mean on a greater macro level here cuz people are seeing that and saying this is trump trump's come in and in his first 2 months my investment accounts have already increased x percent right and as far as the consumer is concerned it's a great thing for investors it's a bad thing for consumers um economically what's going to happen is that trump is going to advocate pro business ideas which means less regulation okay already he's talking about eliminating dodd frank and some financial regulations which the banks will love 
because then they don't have to follow the rules and they can screw consumers even harder. Now, that's so it's bad for the consumer. It's good for the bank. So if it's good for the bank, it's good for their stock and their stock goes up. And that's kind of what your cycle is going to be. So as far as regulations are concerned, because he's pro-business, he's trying to eliminate those regulations. He's already put somebody in charge of the EPA who has no idea what the EPA is, first of all. Um, so you have that position where you're going to let the people who may be have gotten us into a big mess recently, as far as the recession was concerned, for the housing crisis, to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and take all those rules out, like the stress tests that everybody talks about. Um, currently, as it stands now, banks have to undergo periodic stress tests. And what that means is that the bank has to prove to the Federal Reserve that they have enough reserves or cash on hand or the ability to borrow enough money to prevent their entire portfolio or a percentage thereof of going out. So if we value this percentage of your portfolio at a zero, are you st still able to meet your cash needs as far as opening the bank, letting the normal transactions of day to life go? Um, and this is something that harkens back to the FDR days when we had runs on the bank and everything else like that. And his first fireside chat, just so you know, was about the banking crisis. And, and, and that's something you should, it's published, you should listen to it because you're like, oh my God, he could give that same speech today. Um, so with that being said, economically, the stock market will always do better because it's pro-business. And that's what the stock market is. It values businesses. It doesn't value people. It values businesses. Can we make money? So I, I think the stock market will, we're, we're on this situation where probably we'll be in a bubble, but Trump represents pro-business, less regulation. And then you're going to let these businesses do whatever they want to do, which is fine. But again, we've tried that before. And it not, I mean, we have rules because we, there's a reason we have these rules. Somebody tried to do it, it didn't work out, and it cost lots of time, lots of money, and we as a country, maybe we don't want to spend our money that way. So, I mean, economically, from that perspective, I think uh, Trump will always represent the best for the stock market, but the little guy, I mean, he just had his first address to Congress a couple, yeah. uh, couple of nights ago. He's just copying, pasting Reaganomics, I mean, and just he's gonna blow the defense budget out the window. And we can show you with charts and graphs that that, that didn't work. I mean, trickle-down economics does not work. Um, it just doesn't. It works on paper, but when we tried it, it didn't work uh, because, it, you know, there's things that happen in real life that don't happen on paper. So um, it'll be interesting to see how what kind of package we're, it, will happen on the first budget that he passes because he may only get one budget. Again, because of the midterm elections, he passes a budget. Nobody likes it. You know, defunding Planned Parenthood and all these other kinds of causes that all of a sudden you've angered, like you said, Nick, more than half the population. Yeah. These representatives all of a sudden are changing out of a job. They don't want to be out of a job. And they'll be like, well, I can't really pass this budget because I won't get reelected. And right now is the perfect time for him with... Riding the wave. Yeah, with the Republican House, Republican Senate, this, you know, the Supreme Court justice pick being able to have this full Republican control of everything. But to your point, all of that changes so quickly. And and that's for the good of everything, right? Um, those that didn't agree with all of Obama's pushes, as soon as he came into office with the Obamacare, you're able to bring in people that kind of calm and slow that roll. 
so to speak, to to kind of make it slow make that it roll. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happens for sure. And you know, we in the past, I want to say probably three, if not four, podcasts. It's been very Trump centric. Um, one one thing I do want to mention here, we are we are coming up on time. Is we we want to get away from just talking politics. Politics has been a big push here. Obviously, there's been a massive change in leadership for our government, and it needed addressing at least on our part. But one thing that Elgots we've been talking about, we really want to strive for is is a bit more diversity of topics. Finding maybe not the same topic that you're going to want to see week over week, but that we can kind of present a lot of different topics, different thoughts, different ideas. We're branching out, baby. And use the Elgots brand to kind of give a lot more content in a lot of different areas. So as we've mentioned a couple times on this podcast, Elgots.com, we have a website putting up show notes, but we want to take Let's Get One Thing Straight and take it beyond current events, take it beyond local and federal political movements and kind of start moving into, you know, more informational podcasts that might benefit you. And, and again, that might mean that some of these don't apply. Um, and we'll put those in these titles of where we want to go, but we are thinking of moving some things to, to add podcasts for let's get one thing straight. Some, some legal advice. Let's get one thing straight, small business. Um, we have a lot of things we want to talk about. We have people lined up that we want to talk to and interview and we want to make this as productive for people as possible. So let us know what you want to talk about at elgots.com. I mean, drop your comment there. See what you want to hear. I mean, some of it may be motivational. Some of it may be preachy, if you will. But, you know, it is that kind of stuff. So check it out. I mean, let us know. We like to cater. And like I said, we're gonna, we've are gonna we got a positive message here. We know what we want to do. We think we know what we would do as far as value to you or is concerned. But if you have any suggestions, let us know. And we, again, we thank you for listening and thank you for telling a friend. We certainly appreciate it. Yeah, we, we really do want to talk about things that people want to hear about. And we're doing this because we, we like and enjoy doing it, like talking and speaking to things. And we have a lot of resources to be able to provide a lot of really good information. And, you know, we, we came into this kind of starting to see where it went, where things started to kind of flush out. And we're starting to find a groove here. Um, and as we start to do more of these, we really do want to put this in a direction where the most amount of people can get the most amount of benefits. So if it is talking about political, if it's talking about law school, if it's talking about the small business, the, the legal assets, marketing corporations, we have a lot of different avenues we can talk. I can do a whole podcast on hurling. I don't think people <laughs> want that. But if you guys want to learn about the Irish sport of hurling, I'd be happy to make a podcast about that. But we really do want to start branching this off and and saying let's get one thing straight about this about that and as we start to collect these and, and build this repository give people a lot of content that they're going to be able to really find beneficial for them so i think that's where we do want to take this we made the website we really do want to push this in a positive direction so please reach out go to elgots lgots.com let us know what you're thinking uh, because we really really do care about your feedback uh, we'll start addressing questions as they come in and really start taking the show to a place where people want to see it and people want to hear about it. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. Um, a lot of lot of law school, a lot yeah, of like, bar yeah, exam. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have made it this far, we really do appreciate the uh, the time that you've taken. 
Um, big thanks, of course, to Benson.com for our music. Visit us at Elgots.com. Emails either on the comment page of Elgots.com or Podcast at gmail.com. Um, all of that being said, we should be coming back to you real soon, way sooner than we, we did on this last, last go-round. But as we end every show nestled comfortably between the cities of Cleveland and Akron, I ask Wes, uh, do you have any parting words for us? Let's get one thing straight. It's okay to question your government.